This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, everyone. It is April 17th. This is our weekly live Q&A. If you don't know, we do this show 8 a.m. Pacific uh, every Saturday. Well, let's just call it most Saturdays. And what I do is I collect a bunch of questions from throughout the week. Uh, usually takes me 15 or 20 minutes to get through them. But what I will do from here is if you go ahead and put your in the chat, uh, what I will do is hopefully we will have a lot of questions in the chat. I will go back to the top and I will scroll down uh, either answering each and every question or if we run out of time, I will uh, if we run out of time, it's just where we get to, or I answer every question. It's a lot of fun. I'm about 90% hit rate getting through each and every question. I can only remember a couple of Saturdays where I just didn't have enough time. So if you leave your questions, uh, I will answer them. More importantly, if you leave your questions early, you have a great chance of me answering your questions. So Without further ado, I will go ahead and jump into the questions. First and foremost, uh, a follower uh, correctly pointed out that my call on Bay Area housing was wrong. Well, at least that's what he wanted me to, to say. So about two or three months ago, lots of people are asking me what's going on in the Bay Area, what's going on in the Bay Area, and my answer for Bay Area housing was it's ridiculously expensive. I can't see, given all that's going on around us, how it could go higher. And I was wrong. We are at all-time highs. Um, I just can't, yeah, the Bay Area is such an odd place. And what really happened when you look in the data is lots of folks left San Francisco uh, and they moved hours away, right? They didn't move out of state. I think the, you know, the whole go to Vegas, go to Texas, go to Florida thing. Uh, I think a lot of that was LA based. Uh, but yeah, the Bay Area is at an all-time high. I do believe that is changing right now. So I believe my call on the Bay Area is uh, is going to prove to be accurate. Uh, we'll see. You, you all will remind me um, what is going on. Um, but I think listings are about to go up. Everything I talk about on this channel every day, I think it's going to hit the Bay Area as well. I think the Bay Area is already starting to see an influx <coughs> of overpriced junk. Uh, I think it's still early, so some of the overpriced junk is still selling. Uh, but you're going to have buyer's remorse. Uh, you are going to have some people that just flatly overpay. The Bay Area is at a interesting point. What we need to figure out is can we attract the next generation? In the last year or so, hasn't been a great job, right? They've been staying home. They've been uh, staying in other places. Our high-paying jobs are being told to stay home. So um, I don't know that I would I, – I, I can only answer the question this way. I would not be buying a house in the Bay Area today. I'd be renting today uh, if we didn't already own our place. It's um, – I don't think it's set up for, I mean, how much higher could it go, really? How much higher can the Bay Area housing go? But in the end, uh, somebody out there wanted me to acknowledge my mistake. There you go. I made a mistake. I hope that helps you. hope that makes you feel good. Uh, but yeah, all-time high in the Bay Area. Would not have guessed that, given we were already crazy expensive. So kudos to you for remembering that I said that. Next up, I want to talk about a video I put out yesterday, really under the umbrella of free money, right? There was a video yesterday I put out about a proposal. I think it was $25,000. It was a lot of criteria, right? Who qualifies, who doesn't, you get it, you don't, that kind of conversation. 
Uh, again, it's a proposal, so we don't need to sweat it. But I do want to talk about free money, right? There is no such thing as a free lunch. Um, I think any free money program, housing kind of thing could have unintended consequences like prices rising. Um, I remember the last crisis for all kinds of reasons, but the most memorable one for me was just how poorly apartments performed. Not many people will talk to you about this, but as someone who owned multifamily during the last run-up, so this is before the crash, this is the run-up, this is like 06, 07, even some of 08, apartments were horrible to own. Uh, you had to do move-in specials. You had to adjust your criteria to ever lower and lower credit scores. It was an ugly time to be a multifamily landlord in apartments because, frankly, people could buy a home with less money and sometimes no money. So what happened in hindsight is unqualified borrowers were becoming owners. And of course, if they're unqualified, don't understand money management, don't have reserves, they get washed out. And it's painful. And foreclosures hurt. And you you can scar people for a long time. And housing, home ownership could become that thing that's like you don't talk about. So the reason I bring this up is I hope any free money program really qualifies whoever these first-time home buyers are and sets them up for success. Hopefully this comes across okay, but getting into a home while meaningful, while important is probably the least important step. I want to see people get in and stay in if that makes sense. That's what I hope happens. So any proposal coming down the pipeline, I want to make sure that there's qualifications, check-ins, whatever, uh, that these people that get the free money can stay there for decades and, and can really get generations on the home ownership. So that's my one takeaway. The second thing is, if we're going to be spending these trillions of dollars, why don't we change the high school education system? You got all that free. Why don't you create a, you know, high school juniors and high school seniors have a mandatory semester class on money management, on credit cards, uh, investing. Why don't we take this opportunity to change the future? I, I went I went to a, a private high school, uh, junior college, uh, a good university, got a master's degree in economics, finance, MBA, all that stuff. Personal finance is not in this, folks. We need to change this. If we wanted, if we want to improve fi financial futures, right? That's my first step. I want to help people improve, improve their financial future, then financial freedom, then legacy wealth. Why doesn't the federal government stop creating employees with the school system? And why don't we interject some money management? Man. Nobody's talking about this. If we want to take this environment and have this two, four trillion dollar infrastructure bill, why don't we have financial management or money management or damn, just basic checking and credit cards injected in high school? Let's change things up. So again, folks, if you just caught this, uh, make sure you leave your questions. I will go back to them. I got a few more talk topics to cover. Hopefully I won't get too preachy, uh, but that is um, topic number two on free money and, and maybe we should change uh, some education. Number three, a common question I'm getting here recently is finding deals, right? How do you find deals? Uh, my book was all about the MLS. I look at the MLS every day. Let's talk about the multiple listing service or the MLS first. Um, probably no harder place to find a deal today, today. But the MLS is more than a place to find deals. If you follow my system and my students, the MLS is like a early warning signal, right? It's, it's telling you what's coming. I tell you to watch every day, 10 to 20 minutes, just a little bit of time. Because what you're gonna see is the market's gonna change here going forward. I'm already seeing it in my market. Hopefully you are too if you're doing the daily work. If not, it's coming. More inventory is coming. And uh, if you're not ready, you're not going to see it. 
So the MLS, I know it's hard to get deals today, but keep doing the work. It is going to be, I don't know what else to call it, but an early indicator of a changing market. Deals are coming. It's not going to be like 2020. 2021 is going to be different. So make sure you do that. But onto the topic at hand, the one missing piece um, that's in my course uh, that sometimes gets lost, I think it's in step four, is networking. Of the people doing multiple deals today, and um, there's a couple in Fresno, my market, uh, their company is called EVC Homes. I've had them on a couple of times, Aaron and Cletus. They are amazing. No marketing, no nothing. They are just like the perfect couple, just networking, networking, networking. I think they've done 12 deals already this year. This year, it's, it's like, how many days old is it? It's like 30, 60, 90, 100 days old. I think they've done 15 deals. Maybe it's 12. I don't know. Double digits. All from networking with agents. So if you're following my course, what do you do in step one? You get a focused area criteria. If you know, step one, step two. And if you're in step four, if, if you know 10 agents today, learn, know 20. If you know 20, let's learn 40. Uh, Aaron and Cletus lead by example. They probably know, John, I bet you a hundred agents. That's how they are getting deals. So, you know, if somebody else is being successful out there, copy them. And uh, in my market of Fresno, California, there is no one better than Aaron and Cletus uh, for doing off-market deals, marketing with rep or um, real estate agents. They are an amazing couple. Next up. Ken McElroy. Two weeks in a row we talked about Ken. Ken McElroy put out a video, I don't know, the last couple of days about the 2020 affordability crisis. Um, man, he is right. He he is he nailed that video. Uh, I've been telling you for years now, buy below the median. I buy 80% of the median um, at least because – that's where the opportunity is. That's where cash flow lies. That's where the greatest upside in cash flow is. Folks, we are the supply of affordable housing is to use Ken's word crisis. Where there's a crisis, there's opportunity. And I I love the fact that I'm remarkably consistent. I am going to be looking to buy as many single family homes in that part of the market as I can for the next 3 or 4 years. Apartment rents flat and maybe even down a little. I'll just call them flat. Housing, single family homes, rents are up and they're not slowing down. Single families, space is good, backyards, you know, all that stuff. Um, people want houses like never before. So, again, the, if you can see the opportunity, do the work. And oh, by the way, as I said earlier, inventory is coming. Get ready, stay ready, so you don't have to. You don't have to uh, waste time. This this is going to be the next. These next ninety days, maybe maybe one twenty, are going to be some of the most exciting times if you're doing the work like I talk about. Because it'll feel slow, it'll feel uncomfortable, and then out of nowhere, you're going to go, "Oh my god." There's six listings instead of two. There's nine instead of four. Yeah, it's coming. And I think Ken's right. Um, investing in affordable housing, safe, secure, nicely taken care of housing, that's where you want to be. Sometimes it's not hard. <laughs> if, if, if that's where uh, supply is going down, rents are going up, 30-year 30, 30 fixed rate mortgages below 4%. Oh, my God, I can't imagine. <laughs> Do the work, folks. Buy the course. Do the work. Um, on that topic, I don't think I've mentioned this anywhere. My course, How to Get Started One Rental at a Time, is likely going to go up. It's $199 today. Uh, we've added sections for private money. I've had four or five experts contribute. I just loaded seller financing uh, yesterday uh, with more coming. So as those two sections round out, the price is going to go up. There's so much more value there. So if you want to get in now before the price is, go for it. As content's added, you don't. there's no upcharge. Also, if you do get the course, join the Facebook group. It's free. Uh, I'll be talking to that team or that group uh, here in about 46 minutes. 
uh, I love talking to them 9 a.m. on Saturday. So don't want anybody to be surprised when the when the course is not 199 here in a few weeks. Uh, what else? Oh, got another one is uh, there's a lot of people interested in real estate, but they get to the point of writing an offer and then they back out or they don't or they create excuses in their mind or they lock up a property and then they use a, a, a clause to get out because they got nervous. Here's the deal. I teach, talk about building confidence. Frankly, I do not want you to write an offer, no offers, until you can tell someone you know what an average deal is. That takes time. That could take 45, 60, 90, 100 days in some markets. Doesn't matter. Until you know average, you shouldn't write an offer because you're gambling. But once you've done the work, and again, there's a whole playlist on my channel called Student Reviews. All of them will tell you, once you've done the work, you've got the confidence, you can articulate what an average deal is, you're done. Because now you can do good or great deals. This is not, I don't, I talk about average, not because I want you to do average. It's because I want you to uncover average. Again, remember back to the earlier point about the multiple listing service. The multiple listing service is public information that's accessible by everyone. But unless you look at it every day, you don't see the hidden clues. The MLS is like a, it's got a heartbeat, a it's got a current. And if you just watch it, it'll tell you what's coming. It's an amazing thing, but it takes work in consistency. And again, Everything about my course is building confidence. And unless you know average, don't write an offer. It's uh, it's risky. All right. And I guess the last thing, if you do buy the course, join the Facebook group. Wonderful people constantly interacting. Good news, good information. Just I call it the happiest place on the Internet. It's kind of awesome. Next up, uh, we had a I had a conversation with Dion. You know, Dion Talk, great YouTube channel. Check him out. He talked about our book on bigger pockets. Thank you. Um, he talked about doing a rate and term refi uh, here recently, and there's a lot of questions on that video about why he didn't take cash out. Well, there's lots of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, we shouldn't judge somebody. Some of you left comments were nasty, and I just deleted you or deleted the comments. But hey, he's in the game. Just because he wanted to leave cash in there, don't judge him. He made his own decision. Don't, don't, just because you would have taken the cash, don't, don't belittle someone else. That was not cool. I deleted those comments. But second, you got to remember, Dion is financially independent. I don't know the numbers, but let's just say he spends two and he gets 2,400 from his rentals. If he goes out and does a cash out refi, that two grand starts ticking up. And yes, he has a pile of cash, but you got to remember the power, the freedom, the flexibility that's garnered from financial freedom. Why the heck would you raise the 2000 if you didn't have something immediately for that cash? And oh, by the way, by doing a rate and term refi, not only is it 2000 now and 2400, but it's probably like 19 or 1850. So he's expanded his freedom. Good for him. Wise move. I have not taken any cash out in years. I did the same thing, Dion, because again, it's about freedom. It's not about having a pile of cash. Yeah, good call. All right, two more things to go through. First and foremost, I want to just do a quick talk about my multimillionaires. If you're on my channel, I do a multimillionaire series Monday through Friday. I want to let you know that I put this group together on purpose with intention uh, because I believe all of them have different aspects. And A, I'm learning if it's not obvious, but B, I want to make sure that we cover what's important to you. First, we start off hot with Greg Dickerson on Mondays. He's my entrepreneur, right? He he started with a truck and a toolbox. Uh, he, was, he served in the military, did some... Um, hospitality work, and then started with a truck and a toolbox. If you haven't seen his story, you should check it out. But he's my developer. He 
does a lot of ground up development, probably two or three times a month. He's on a job site when he talks to us. Uh, again, very inspiring and a lot of a lot of interesting stuff going on in the development space. We did a single family build for rent discussion last week. And I'm bringing up all of these experts here because there's playlists. If you find, like if you like to be a developer, you should go check out Greg Dickerson's playlist on my channel. There's probably a hundred hours of content uh, that you could go through. Uh, next up, we have Rylas Dana on the show. He is my estate attorney. There's a lot of talk about what's going on in the estate world and changes. So I, I like having him on the channel because a, I'm not an attorney, and B, I don't know anything about the estate other than what I've done. So if you have questions for an estate attorney, we have one of those on. Then we have uh, Matt Love Lumberjack, landlord. Lots of fun. If you ever watch some of those conversations, man, we crack each other up. We have a very similar background, enterprise software sales. We kind of talk the same smack and vocabulary. Our off-camera conversations would blow your mind. It's 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 a lot of fun. But again, Matt loves to talk about being a ninth grade dropout. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, just further evidence that the American dream is real. Um, if you ever wanted to get inspired, go listen to some of those early interviews with Matt, the lumberjack landlord. I think his playlist is just called Matt. I need to insert lumberjack landlord. But again, it's just Matt. Uh, then we have Omar. On Tuesdays as well, he's the real estate entrepreneur. He started as an agent, then became a broker, then a flipper, a wholesaler. He he has the ability to take any lead and transact it lots of different ways. Uh, he is a very, very impressive young man. Uh, he's doing some Airbnbs at Lake Havasu. He's just lots of income streams, and it's so much fun to talk with Omar. Uh, then we move on to Anna Kelly on Wednesday. She is our longest running expert. I believe we've been talking for 18 months now. Uh, Anna Kelly, uh, REI mom, uh, you know, talks about her journey from Section 8 housing, uh, financial stress of a working at AIG, building a portfolio, retiring. Um, now she's doing syndications, just some big things. Again, perfect example of the American dream, Anna Kelly. We've added Matt, the mortgage guy, on Wednesdays because, again, I believe the mortgage market being a broker is very important. Uh, the interest rates are bouncing all around. Programs are changing. He has brought us some stuff first because he sees it and uh, just love having Matt, the mortgage guy, on. Uh, next up, we got Jonathan Twanley, uh, syndicator. Uh, again, go back, watch some of his videos, talked about why he sold his portfolio when he did, uh, what is going on in that area. Uh, we have Dion Talk, which we alternate every Thursday. Again, a perfect example of the American dream. Talks about, uh, I believe, being a Marine, a police officer, starting from nothing, getting financially free. Uh, and then Fridays, I close with Ty. Uh, Ty, we do a weekly wrap-up, talk about what's going on. So again, the Multimillionaire Series, Monday through Friday, we cover three topics usually. That way, none of the gold is missed uh, in the videos. You can just watch whatever one you would like. Uh, but again, all of those are done on purpose for you. If you have questions for any of my experts, you can leave comments below and I will make sure I ask them. And then lastly, before we get into your questions, remember, uh, put your questions. I will scroll to the top here in a moment and we will go down and we will just uh, go for 37 more minutes. I want you to be aware. I did this on the Daily Financial News, but if you're new, I want you to know about headlines that are coming. First, inventory is rising. It's going to start slowly. Uh, junk will stop selling at premium prices. It is going to be an awesome second half of the year. But again, uh, as inventory rises, all the talking heads on TV will act like the sky is falling. And if the sky is falling, I want you to go outside with a bucket because I think opportunities are coming. Affordability is dropping. No question. Uh, as affordability drops, uh, there will be less demand from owner occupants. Owner occupants, and um, again, less people buying mean more renters. Interest rates are going to go up. I don't know what happened last week. I have a sneaky suspicion the Fed was playing games. Don't know. Could be just a total conspiracy theory. But man, the interest rates were really weird on the ten-year Thursday and Friday. Uh, I suspect they're already going to go up next week, but we'll see. Uh, but interest rates need to go up. They'll probably go up gradually. I don't expect any wild swings, but I think interest rates are higher in December than they are in April, for example. I expect the jobs and wage 
uh, picture to get brighter. I think jobs, I think we stepped into the light on Thursday. We'll see if that continues or we get dragged back in, but I don't think so. I do think wages go up, but I think it's a lag. I think one of the ways you affect, you improve affordability is higher wages. I do think those are coming. And then lastly, continually going to see inflation talk. Uh, I think we're going to get a taste of that next week to see if there's any companies with margin pressure uh, because maybe they're input inflation, but they can't raise prices to consumers. So lots of inflation talk coming. All right. Let's go to the top here and see what you all want to talk about. Hey, Layla, good morning. Hey, Dion, good morning. Howdy. Prasanna, good morning. Dan, hi. Oh, hi, Mike. Hi, Dion. Look at that. Dan, okay. Now that you've retired, how do you get your benefits, affordable care? Nope. I uh, I uh, pay for health insurance, and it is ridiculously expensive. Uh, and I pay for dental. Um, I don't know what other benefits are out there. Nope. I pay. Every month, it is rather expensive. Uh, any tips or advice on doing a 1031 exchange in this type of market? Yeah, Dan, in this market, um, in this market, for me, what I would do if I had to do a 1031 today is I would try to lock up or at least get agreement on the purchase first. <laughs> Maybe give the seller a, you know, a, hey, um, you know, a thousand dollars. I would, I would try to control and make sure the time doesn't get me. The last thing I would do today is sell something, wait for it to close, and then start my search. That would lead to a bad deal, probably. Um, when in an environment with no inventory right now, I would do everything I could to lock up the purchase first. That's what I would do. Good morning. You mentioned you got six deals last year. How do you finance those deals at this point in your investment career? Uh, so Jonathan, good question. Uh, two deals I paid cash. Uh, two deals I got 30-year mortgages from a bank. They were commercial loans, not residential, uh, because I own too much property. My interest rate on those two, I think one was five and three quarters, maybe five and five-eighths. I don't remember five high in the high fives and the other was six. So my rates are much, much higher than yours. Uh, one owner financed. And I don't remember the other one. It was probably private money. Yeah. Private money. Somebody wanted a, a long note and a decent interest rate. Yeah. I don't get cheap 30 year money. I have some cash. I have relationships with banks now so I can get commercial loans again, 6% rough and tough. Um, some seller financing, and then I'd still have private money. Good question. Nobody asks that usually. Hey, Prasanna, how are you? Uh, inspection found end of life AC water heater units and new and new replacement cost fifteen k. How would you negotiate from here with seller? Again, not a lot of information there. There's lots of things I have to assume. Um, but the first thing I would do is take it back to the seller and say, hey not as advertised. The seller is probably going to say, look at my description. It says as is no, no credits. It, you know, if the 15 K is in your calculation, swallow hard. If it's not back out, I mean, 15, I mean, I don't know the purchase price. I mean, I don't know the down payment. There's so much here. I don't know. Uh, but again, you're in contract so you can negotiate. Uh, but once you counter or once you put out a, uh, hey, owner, I'd like a $15,000 tax credit for this or that, the seller can say, no, thank you, and relist the property. So run your numbers, know your math. Uh, in my course, I talk about make ready. Uh, that 15 k would go right in that make ready cost because I would fix that immediately. Um, and that 15 k is enough to affect your yield. So if that if that 15K takes it from a good deal to an average or even bad deal, I'd walk. That's what I would do. Hopefully, Prasanna, that helps. If not, ask more questions below. Hey, Brian. Good morning, man. How are you? Brian, in Toronto, Canada, we have a $35,000. Oh, wow. First time buyer credit. We get to borrow it from our 401k. Okay. 
you save about 12k in taxes up front and a 15-year payback nice that's pretty cool we do not have that in the u.s as far as i know actually you can i think you can borrow against your 401k i mean it's not borrow i don't think I think you can go. I think you can take ten grand out of your four hundred one k for home your first purchase. Maybe that's old. Maybe that changed. I don't have a four hundred one k anymore, so I don't know. But that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Dan, with it being harder to find MLS deals, do you lower your expectations for yield? I.e., Fresno sixty eight for a great deal now five. Would you still do a great deal if the best you can find is three? Uh, no. Absolutely not. Um, for the longest time, Fresno was six. It did change to five four or five months ago. But no, I don't ever change my rules. If average in Fresno is five, I'm only looking to do above that. I would never do a 3%. 3% is a bad deal to me. That's why I do talk about bad, average, good, great. Once I put my line in the sand, which today is 5%, I will never do a deal below three. The only way I would do that deal is if it's not a buy and hold. You know, Maybe it makes a great flip or a hotel or something like that, but no. Nope, I would never do that. That's the whole, that's the whole point of my course is what's average? What's the, what's, the, what's the number? And today's five. So yeah, I would never do a three. Hopefully that makes sense. If not, ask follow up below because maybe I misunderstood. Hey, Jeffrey, Ultimate Bargains, how are you? Yep, nothing wrong in being in cash. Nothing wrong. Yep, cash is ready, Chris. Nice job, Tamika. Yep, do the work and prepare for inventory that's coming. Yeah, I like it. I bought a brand, oh, Nathan, I bought a brand new house, sight unseen, and found that there is an electrical transformer in front of the entrance. What could I do? Thinking of painting a mural on it or plants around it. Um, well, I'm going to guess, Nathan, that um, you um, – there. I don't think you own that land. But, yeah, I would probably try to um, – so a transformer box, that's that's like a four-foot whatever. Yeah, I would, I would try to plant – I would try to hide it some way with plants or rose bushes, some kind of faux fence, something. Yeah, I would. I don't think you can paint a mural on it without their permission. That would be my guess. That's probably their property. But given that you have the ability on your land to, I would try to shield it somehow, some way, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet of you. You value the course at 797. The first rental will pay it back and become 50% yield easily. That's very nice. I will never charge that much. <laughs> I, uh, I want to bring as many people up as I can, but at some point uh, the price will have to go up. That's for sure. That's very sweet of you. Hit the like button. Oh, that's very sweet of you. 77 watching, 23 likes. That's fun. Uh, hit the like button. Yeah. Thanks, Blake. Nathan, uh, I own a new home like that. It's not a problem. Just plant some nice flowers around it. Hide it. Don't draw much attention to it. Yep, I agree. It's plants, flowers, bushes, something. But I don't think you can paint a mural. I don't think. Uh, very Valerie, how are you? Just bought the book. Look forward to reading it. Cool. Let me know. Take a selfie. Where's my book? I have my book here somewhere. Where is it? There it is. Take a selfie, everybody. Something, if you haven't seen, I think I did a video called My Biggest Regret. One of the things I'm trying to do is get book selfies. So if you take a picture of yourself holding it, and if you're uncomfortable, take a picture like this with your view, send it to me. Tag me on Instagram. I would love to get hundreds of book selfies. Uh, really celebrate what is one rental at a time. So if you can help me um, create a collage, that would be wonderful. Uh, and very Valerie, if you could do that, that'd be great. And once you're done, don't forget that five-star review. We are over um, 500 reviews. It's awesome. Someday we'll be at 1,000. That's pretty cool. Hi, Kitty Cake. Kitty Cake, 3,700. How are you? It's okay. It's recorded. Uh, J. Darwin Gross. 
gross, yeah. Uh, as inventory increases and junk is no longer able to sell a premium, if you had a rough property with a lot of equity, would you sell at a discount? Uh, well, it, uh, for me, um, it doesn't talk about cash flow here. So I'm assuming it's a rental. Um, for me, it's all about cash flow, right? Financial freedom. Financial freedom is not really about cash in the bank because that just bleeds. It's about having income, ideally passive, that exceeds your monthly expenses. So assuming there's a three uh, J behind that, meaning there's cash flow, I just keep it. Um, again, I'm not a huge, it, it, all these questions, I just need more data, right? Like take cash out and improve. I don't know. Is, is it, you know, there's difference between unsafe and old. Like if I had a, a rental that still had the 1970s or eighties kind of tile and color scheme and all of that, but it was clean, it wasn't breaking or chipping and it's still rented. For for market price, I don't think I'd change it. I mean, you don't get you don't get more rent because it's granite countertop versus you know tile. As long as it's safe, I would. Cash flow is very important to me. I'm not a flipper, not a wholesaler. I want the cash flow every month so that Olivia and I could travel the world and have a good time. Um. So how do you decide? Well, let me let me. You know, I am selling one uh, triplex that we bought during the 2010 crash that we bought at a ridiculous price. Um, it's never performed, right? We now have 11 or 10 or 11 years of performance for this triplex. It's never met expectations. We are selling that now. It's in escrow. It should close next week. Um, so if you had a property that was, it's still cash flows. We just bought it right. But instead of cash flowing twelve hundred, it cash flows four hundred. So we're going to take, we're going to let that problem property go, and we'll move the money somewhere else. Um, so yeah, we look at our portfolio once a year, decide what's worth keeping, what we want to move. But yeah, having a pile of cash is not the goal, uh, at least not for us. Uh, Kitty Kate uh, Ford. 404 appraised at 535. I'm going to guess, Kitty Kate, this is based on your question from one of the videos. So, to catch everyone up, I think what Kitty Kate is talking about is she locked up a property uh, for 445. It appraised at 535. But she, when she did her inspection, she found lots of problems and she backed out. I think that's what she's telling us here. Or he. Actually, I don't know if it's a she or he. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the list of problems, I think it was, I already forgot. It was like mold and water damage and all these other things. There were so many things wrong with it. I would have backed out as well, especially if you didn't plan for them upfront. Hey, Kathy, how are you in this market? It seems that cash is King. Do you see this changing soon? Yes, of course. What is, what is really happening today is inventory. And when the inventory is this low, it feels like cash is king because it is, right? It closes the fastest. And there's no contingencies. But as I've said a couple of times, um, inventory is coming and, and soon cash won't be king because there will be more opportunities out there. Uh, it'll change. There's a lot of cash out there, though. Jesus Christ, there's a lot of cash. Persona, thanks, Mike. Oh, where we go? Hmm. Very sensitive. Where are we? Da, 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 da. Thanks, Mike. Very helpful. Getting lots of confidence and positive energy. Nice. Good job. I took out 7K personal loan for my TSP. Cool. Awesome. I, I did 401K loans all the time, once a year. I did borrow from my 401K back in the days, primary home, depending on your employer program, you can get up to 50. Yep. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. First time catching you live, Mike. Just want to say thank you for writing your book. You're welcome. Oh, I got going on your first four, Bill. Congratulations. Congratulations. I got to count that on my positive impact score. 
One sec. Sorry. Uh, da, da, da. I meant, would you still do a great deal if if three percent is? Your, oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. That makes sense. Yeah. Let's just say let's let's get out of Fresno, Dan, which is, I think your question before. Let's just assume it's San Francisco or Manhattan or wherever. Yeah, if I do the work and this is why I don't judge I don't judge anybody on their market. I get asked all the time what market? I'm like wrong question. I don't care what market you do. Go learn average. And let's just say you pick San Francisco and average is 0. Average is 0. If 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 I'm still comfortable investing in San Francisco and I know average is 0, I will look to buy every deal that has a 1 or 2% Yield. It's that simple. If you know average and you're comfortable with average and you want to be in San Francisco because you've lived there 50 years and you're not going to go anywhere and you want to walk around and self-manage, good for you. I don't care what the reason is. So yeah, if average is zero in your question three, I would do a one, two or 3% deal all day long. That's all I'd be looking for. If you're in an environment where average is zero, you're not going to see an eight or nine. They don't exist. The unicorns are not real. So yes, Dan, now I'm sorry I misunderstood your question from before. But yes, if average is zero, I would do three all day long. Cool. Ooh, 2%. Cheap to the universe. Nice. Ah, paint the mural, give credit to the neighbor. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Uh, that's funny. Uh, oh, rural areas, cash flowing well. Lewis, great. Nice. Oops. I'm 33 and I feel. Okay. I'm 48 and I feel. Uh, ta -ta -ta. Thanks for the suggestions. Thanks, Mike. Answer cash flow. Yep. You got it. When do you see lumber prices going down? I don't know. Uh, I did a conversation with um, Matt, the lumberjack landlord, and we talked about that yesterday. He's he's far more into that. Um, basically, his his impression was the the people making money right now in lumber are, are very early in the supply chain because of that gap that was created. So he's thinking lumber will come down on uh, in about three to four months, but I have I don't do enough construction where lumber really although I get annoyed when a fence costs me three X or two and a half X, but I don't know. I haven't I haven't really thought about um lumber going down. I'm actually concerned that all commodities could go up. Lumber is just the most obvious for us in real estate, because it's a part of everything, it seems. But man, we get this infrastructure bill and we start doing bridges and highways. Watch out copper and wiring and steel and cement and concrete and wood. Oh, Jesus Christ. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm 33 and I feel behind. Oh, here we go. I feel behind with my investment play. I own four investment properties with five units. Cool. Three are cash flow. Three are cash flowing. Equity decent. What should I be doing as a next step to uh, to step it up? Well, first off, Alan, Alan, right? Yeah, Alan, um, cut yourself a little slack. Um, you're ahead of the game. Um, I guess I understand the pressure. Um, for me, it, because again, I started my journey at 30. 33. Yeah, we probably had, yeah, we probably had four, maybe five. No, we had more than that. Probably six by the time we were 33. Um, I, it's always just the next deal. At least it was for me. You're, it seems like you might be beating yourself up when you really don't need to do that. Alan, it's just the next deal. Just worry about the next deal. You, you can't go from five to 50, right? It's, what is deal number six? What is deal number seven? Just keep doing it. Uh, at some point, if you've read our book, 
you know, maybe it's 1031, right? We did go from eight to 80. Uh, I think there's that video on my channel about how we did that. Uh, I don't know your market, what's going on. Um, it sounds like you have four investments and only three cash flow. So if I read that correctly, you have one alligator. Sometimes it's about getting rid of an alligator. Maybe you have, like if you ha if I had an alligator today, let's just do some numbers, right? If I had an alligator property today, which I talk about in my book, negative cash flow, all of that, and I was sitting on 50K of equity in this crazy market, I would sell the alligator in a heartbeat. I would get out from under that thing ASAP. Never buy or create alligators. They just, they, they take you away from your goal. Don't have alligators. Do the work. So that's what I would do. If I'm reading that correctly, Alan, and I don't know, I mean, you've only given me, what, 50 words? I would sell my alligator if I'm reading this correctly. Uh, let's see. I'm waiting for more inventory. I'm just afraid of the interest rates. All the single family in Silicon Valley people that have that cash of buying up everything in our inland areas. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting environment. What I would tell you to do is keep looking every day. The MLS, it does give you current. And unless you're doing the work that I talk about, my students do, you could, you can, uh, you can end up paying a lot more both in price and payment. So do the work, just keep going. Yeah. Those Silicon Valley people, crazy. Hmm. Funny. I suggest potted plants. So they are easily moved away when the transformer needs. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't, they could uh, fine you. Yeah, probably. It's probably some kind of easement or something, I would guess. Big corporations are the ones making dollars. I think that's in I think that's in response to lumber. Probably true. Oh yeah, don't compare against our story. You're doing just fine. Run run your own race. And again, Alan. Take your wife out, take your wife and kids if there are kids. Go go enjoy a dinner and congratulate where you are and then just keep moving forward. This is fun. How are we doing? We got 13 minutes. How's rent over there? Is it continue to go down? Any news or area wide? Just watching to see if there's extended eviction moratorium. Uh, rents are soft in apartments and they're going up, up, up in houses. Uh, eviction moratorium, we shall see. I talked to a couple of attorneys earlier in the week. Most of them, I talked to three. So two out of three thought the CDC eviction would die on June 30th. It just won't be extended. But what you then need to worry about is your governor, right? Uh, I happen to have a governor in my state I can't stand. Uh, so we'll see what he does. I think the CDC goes away uh, June 30th, but we'll see what happens there. Yeah, potted plants, Nathan. Great idea. I, I agree with Jeffrey. I think that was Jeffrey that had that. Hey, Mark, I'm 22 with 100K. Wow, good for you. That's awesome. I'm renting in California, but may move to Texas next year. I just keep saving. I'm not sure where I want to settle. Yes, keep saving. Just keep going. Keep learning. You're 22. I mean, gosh, you. I don't mean this to sound bad, but you're, you're a baby. You're eight years younger than my daughter. I, I mean, just wow. Man, I feel old. Thanks, Mark. Uh, but yeah, if you're not sure, keep money management's important. Don't burn a hole in your pocket. Take the 100K, get it out of your mind, put it in some bank account you don't look at. Just keep doing what you're doing. Clearly, it's working. To have 100K at 22, oh, you are so ahead of the game. Congratulations. I'm in Los Angeles, Cape Coral, and San Antonio. Oh, these must be the markets. I have one alligator eating me 300 bunch a month, but I'm up 50% on alligator equity. I want to hold for long term. Fair enough. Do what you want. That's not what I would do, but to each his own. Go for it. Okay. What to do? What do you think of investing in tax deed sales? I've looked at it a couple of times. Um, they promise great returns. Uh, I've taken a couple of shots over the years. Uh, but haven't gotten any. I think it's one of those things that uh, a couple people do really well at, but I don't know. 
I've tried, didn't work. I should just stop talking. I don't know. How can I buy my second property? My depart debt, I think you mean debt to income ratio isn't that bad with my first duplex. Uh, talk to a broker. Uh, understand the ratios. Lending is getting tighter. Investment properties are getting tighter. Yeah, you, you need to talk to a broker uh, because lending on investment properties is getting tighter. Uh, I'm 51, just started. I'm three. Wish I had more too. Be glad you are where you are at 33. I'm 51. <laughs> well, Jerry, be glad where you are at 51. How many 51 year olds have zero? Let's let's not let's not run other people's races. You are where you are, and enjoy it, and just worry about the next deal. Any thoughts on this purchase in today's tough market? Capital required 100k. The debt is 31 a month, and I will cash flow 1200. Not enough information. Uh, I don't know. So if you do my yield calculation, let's just figure this out. That's a 14% yield, I think. What is, hold on. Where is this calculator? Yeah, 1,200 times 12 is 1,444, right? Yeah, so in my, again, Chris, you've given me two numbers. Who knows if these are the right numbers? But in my mind, assuming those were all correct, You'd have a 14% yield. I don't know where this market is, but if that deal was in Fresno, I would write an offer up right now. Again, I don't know anything you have there. Um, but again, a 14% deal in my market where 5% is average, I would do that deal all day long. Yep, he's doing great. Jerry, great. Yes, rents are going up in houses, no question. You got it, Alan. Keep going. Just to get this clear, you generally aim for 80% of average home prices in your market, and then you look for slightly above average yield. Yeah, that's that's where I fish. That's my pond, Brian. Yep. Yeah, sell the alligator. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But hey, each his own. If you want to keep it, go ahead. Thank you. I work hard since I was 17. I was in my career making six figures. Congratulations. Yep. Well, there you go. Very cool, folks. Well, thank you very much. We got to the end. I wasn't sure we were going to. We got 90 watching, 40 thumbs up. Give me some thumbs up. Uh, also, do me a favor. Share one rental at a time channel with your friends. Let's keep growing together. Uh, have a wonderful day. Uh, I will talk to my students in about eight minutes. Bye-bye.